Hello, Bad Things Universe, and welcome to what should be an absolutely classic episode of the Bad Things Podcast. My name is Jacob Simmons, and let me introduce you to a man who is the Veronica to my Neil, the wimpy Robin to my pervy Batman, the prosthetic balls to my Hugh Jackman's neck. It's Nathan Packham. Hello, sir. I bid you 13 different intertwined generic salutations. Generic salutations to you. We are both about to get very angry. Uh, get ready for a rough ride, folks. Um, I hope you're doing oh, yeah. well, Jacob. And this film didn't kill you. <laughs> this is the closest it's come. I I was legitimately in pain at some point watching this film. <laughs> but we'll save that for another time. I stopped yes. it three times and it's not even two hours long. <laughs> Only three. Genuinely impressive. Yes, after three goes in the poll, Nathan, what are we finally getting around to reviewing on this month's episode? We are reviewing 2013's American anthology comedy, Movie 43. You now seem to know the cast list off by heart. You've been reeling <laughs> it off. I guess we'll be tackling them story by story, but there is a lot of great and bollocks actors in, in, this, uh, in this film. There are, yes. Uh, finally won out the poll, as I mentioned, after three goes. And fuck you all for making us sit through this. Uh, I have absolutely no idea how this is going to go, because this is truly unlike anything else we have ever reviewed on this show. This is almost impressive how much it sort of bends the, the, the structure of storytelling that has been in place in Western society for about 2,000 years. Somehow, they manage to change it and make so many innovations without any of them being good. And I am very excited to talk about this film, although I'll probably cry at some point. Uh, I think I'd like to begin, Nathan, by asking you to sum up Movie 43 in a sentence. Oh, wow. Um, Is that the sentence? St- no. Um... <laughs> Uh, what, did you watch the European version? We're going to get uh, into this. Yeah, we'll did, get into Did you the, watch the European version? I watched the version that came out in this country, yes. Um, St- Stoner Boy's... Uh, uh, oh, God. Stoner Boy's porn virus escapade <laughs> le- leads to bad acting and 14 not funny stories. Okay, maybe two of them I like. But yeah, that's that's my sentence. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and if viral porn escapades. <laughs> viral porn escapades, yeah. Uh, and if you're thinking that doesn't make any sense, good, because it doesn't. Uh, there is a lot to talk about here. Uh, we, as we mentioned, like we've, we've run this a few times in the poll. The main hook, I guess, of this film is that its cast reads like an absolute who's who. Uh, and I say that in the most genuine way possible. There are some absolute gargantuan names in this cast list, Nathan, um, I'll give the full list in a second, but who, when you were watching, stood out to you? Who was like, oh my God, they're in this film. <laughs> I need to go back through my script to make sure I catch everyone. But Who, who do you um, remember off the top of your head? Who do, well, I mean, Hugh Jackman's in it. Yep. Uh, Kate Winslet's in it. Um, oh, I don't know, Jeff. Um, who else is in it? Uh, Elizabeth are... Banks is in it. That mm-hmm. guy who was married to Fergie is in it. Um, was that Josh? Uh, Duh- Stephen Josh... Merchant. How... Josh... Josh Duhamel, was, is that him? Yes, yeah. that's him, yeah. He's in Love, Simon, which is a great film. <laughs> um, Halle Berry, Stephen Merchant, um, 
Chloe Moretz, oh, what's her name? Chloe, Chloe Grace, Grace Moretz. Chloe Grace Moretz, yeah. yep. Uh, who, what are the big ones I've forgotten? Who have I forgotten? Uh, I think you've got Naomi most... Watts, oh my God, yeah. in one of my favourite films, Mulholland Drive. Yeah, of course, uh, of course it's I'm, a fucking I'm... David Lynch film. Yeah, so uh, I'm actually going to watch <laughs> The Elephant Man later today as well, because I've never seen it before. Uh, Chris Pratt. Yep. Um, who have I missed? Uh, you missed Uma Thurman. Who turns oh, up long, yeah. yeah. Ethan Hawke's wife. <laughs> yes, indeed. Former wife. Um, Le- Leif Schreiber. Uh, Emma Stone is oh, in this God. film. Oh, God. Who I love. Uh, Terence Howard. Richard Gere. Uh, Gerard Butler. Halle- you say Harry- Halle Berry? Uh, Halle Berry. Halle <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Kristen uh, Bell is in this. Uh, oh Anna, yeah, Anna Faris, Johnny Knoxville. Uh, yeah, just ridiculous quality, just absolutely ridiculous quality in this film. And I don't, I don't know why they agreed to it. We'll get into a bit of that later on. But my God, how any of them worked again, let alone in high-profile <laughs> movies. Some of these people were nominated for Oscars off, like after this film. <laughs> Unbelievable. But like I said, gosh, so much to get into, so little time. Nathan, how much do you know about how this film came to be? <laughs> how do you want me to explain <laughs> this? Okay, do you, how much do you know about Charlie Wessler, the the man from whose from whose twisted brain this creature burst forth into the world. Well, I, I thought the focus was on Peter Farrelly. What? It's the, they're sort of the same, like, Charlie Wessler and Peter Farrelly are two producers. They work on, they've worked on a lot of stuff together, including There's Something About Mary, the film where Cameron Diaz gets jizz in her hair, and Dumb and Dumber, <laughs> uh, which I think has come up on this podcast before, and I think we might have to watch it at some point. Uh, because it keeps coming up again. Um, essentially, Charlie Wessler came to Peter Farrelly and said, I want to make a version of this film from the 70s called A Kentucky Fried Movie, which is kind of the same thing. It's a bunch of interconnected, not really related sketches that that play out as a sort of anthology. And he's like, I want to make a modern version of that. We're both famous. We both have connections in Hollywood. Let's see how we can make this happen. And make it happen, they did. Uh, what what do you know about Farrelly? What you, I'll let you tag in for Farrelly. So Farrelly, yeah, you mentioned Dumb and Dumber, also involved in Green Book, which I think is a very well reviewed film. Won won the Best Picture Oscar two, three years ago. Did it actually? Yeah, it oh, won. Wow. How fucking mental is that? That's so not in line with Movie Forty Three. <laughs> um, so in two thousand and nine, I don't know if I'm skipping skipping forward in the timeline here because my notes are all over the shop. Uh, Peter Farrelly and producer John Bonotti took their pitch along with about 60 scripts for the vignettes to Relativity Media. Um, They presented one short that they'd already shot, which we'll be talking about shortly with Kate Winslet and Hugh Jackman. Um, (laughs) And Relativity Media just went, yeah, all right, give it a go. Um, (laughs) But they only gave them six million and they still somehow managed to make this movie. Farrelly, he, he, he talked quite a lot about this film. There was like zero promotion for this film apart from a few odd snippets. I don't think any of the actors were involved in promoting it. No. Farrelly said that it had been in, you know, in the works since about 2010. It'd taken them a long time to film, mainly because actors were like initially happy to take part. And then 
backtracked and I can't think why uh, <laughs> once they were maybe more aware of what they would be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't really tell you about Peter Farrelly there because um, <laughs> nothing makes sense. I, 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 <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's a weird one because there's a it's the, the I think the production on this film took place over about a decade, and it's a long history of of like you said trying to get actors involved, people initially agreeing and then trying to back out, but then being caught up in contract negotiations. Richard Gere, I think, was was very keen to back out but they 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 got him he's in this film unfortunately which is a shame uh but he was very keen to back out he originally agreed but said uh you need to wait a year for me to do it because I'm busy so he had to film a bunch of stuff around that i guess if you're doing an anthology movie you don't have to film it all at one time which is a a benefit i guess uh but um it 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 was just it's just a mess. It's just a total mess. It seems to be a lot of Farrelly and Wesley Wesley pulling in favors from their friends. Uh, various people backing out, as I mentioned. Uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone were attached at one point to write some of it. They backed out. Uh, Jerry Zucker, a very very famous producer and director. Uh, who's best known for the airplane spoof movies. He was agreed to uh, write and direct. Uh, he backed out. Uh, it's, and, and, and that's just the people that backed out, the people actually involved uh, in, the, in the behind the scenes. There's a lot of acclaimed directors on board with this film as well. But it, it, it just seems to be these two guys, Charlie Wessler and Peter Farrelly, so dead set on making this film, despite all common sense and and <laughs> good business practice telling them to not do it and yet they pushed ahead and finally in 2013 it came out and nobody wanted to talk about it just on just on richard gear yeah um he also said and th- this is the kind of thing where like you, you've got that person in your life that you don't want to hang out with so mm. you make up just excuse after excuse <laughs> to try and avoid hanging out with them he also said the whole of his skit had to be shot in four days and they'd need to reallocate the shoot from Los Angeles to <laughs> New York. Yeah, only, you know, the other side and end of the country. <laughs> Did you get the Farrelly quote as well about the various celebrities um, who he had problems with? Um, uh, no, there's a lot. Like you said, there's a lot of Farrelly quotes. <laughs> They clearly wanted out, he said, (laughs) but we wouldn't let them. The strategy was simple. Wait for them, shoot when they want to shoot, guilt them to death. It didn't work on everyone. (laughs) Did you pick up George Clooney's response to being offered a role? I did, yes. This is is what everyone should have said. He told them no fucking way. And that's what I thought about 12 minutes into this film or so. Yeah, mine was also about 12 minutes. I had that. I've written fuck this film a lot in my notes. Hey, it's back. It's back. FTF is back. Great quote as well from Wessler. Um, Most agents would avoid me because they knew what I wanted to do. (laughs) What agent (laughs) wants to book their big client in a no-pay $800 a day, two-day shoot? The truth is, I have a lot of friends who are in this movie, and if they didn't say yes, this movie wouldn't have got made. Why did they say yes? (laughs) Friendship ending movie here. This is the the movie equivalent of Monopoly or the Blue Shell in Mario Kart. The ultimate friendship ender. 
Um, according to uh, something from the New York Post, a lot of actors took the film because uh, it would only take a few days to make and would allow them to play characters outside of their wheelhouse. They're out of your wheelhouse for a reason, guys, because they're not very good. They're not on any coherent human planets. <laughs> they're just... Uh, are we are we going to be talking later later on about the deleted uh, oh. Anton Yelchin scene, or God. is that worth bringing up now? Is that too? Sad? I watched it. Do you watched it? Okay, because there's did. a couple I didn't see. Okay, um, I didn't see the one that's in the middle of the credits because I was so fed up by that point. I just decided. Oh to stop. God, that's the worst <laughs> one. <laughs> Fucking Beazle. <laughs> I'm looking at it. Yeah, I'm looking at it on Wikipedia. It looks. I mean, the phrase "dry humping" is uh, has a nice little um, hyperlink. Beazle, Beazle is a piece of shit. Okay. <laughs> uh, and there's an yeah, there's two more. One that's written and directed by Bob Odenkirk, which has definitely piqued my interest because I love him. And yeah, the other one, which is one of which is called The Apprentice, uh, starring the 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 late great Anton Yelchin. Um, very sad. Uh, I won't talk about him because I will just get sad. Uh, what happens in that one? It's about uh, it's about a, a mortician. <laughs> it's a it's a necrophiliac mortician oh. who um, has sex with a very. I mean, I'm going to sound like a necrophiliac <laughs> now, but has sex with a very attractive female dead body, yeah. and uh, she comes back to life. Yeah. Uh, he's hailed as some sort of messianic hero. Uh, and then they're like, oh, we'll just go and look at the CCTV to see uh, see how you managed to do it. And he runs away. And that's the end of the sketch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God. I wish I could say I'm surprised, but that's pretty tame by this film standards. Uh, we'll give you, that gives you a nice little indicator of what to expect, ladies and gents. So if you're eating, if you're, uh, if you're eating while listening to this, uh, maybe finish your dinner before we get going because there's some gross stuff in this uh, and it doesn't take long for it to get gross. So you have been warned. There is just so much to talk about. I feel like we could go on for hours. I think various bits and pieces will just come up as we go along. Uh, the film is under two hours, but there is just so much to get through. There's so much to get through. And I haven't even seen all of it because I was tired. <laughs> so I'm going to have to default to Nathan for the Beazle portion of the conversation. And I, I haven't seen it in two weeks. So oh, God knows what I've got to remember. God. I think we should just get going, to be honest, and try and make sense of it all as we go along. Because it is just... It's 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 a bit like black holes. The more I think about it, the less it makes sense and the more my head hurts. And the more you want to be consumed into the, you know, <laughs> the, 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 the unforgiving blackness, yeah. Should we fucking do this? Let's do it to it. Let's, yeah, let's... do it. This, ladies and gentlemen, is, unfortunately, Movie 43. No way. 25,000 views, man! 500,000! One million? Yes! I told you we're gonna be famous. We're gonna be famous? April Fool's, suckers! I took the liberty of cloning YouTube and hyperinflating your views. You little shit! Did you just try to hit me through your computer screen? Yeah, I did. Why don't you come in here so I can hit you like a real man, pussy? I should preface this by saying we are reviewing the... European release of this film because if it didn't get even more complicated there's two different versions of this film that exist somewhere 
There's the one that we've got, and there's uh, the American release, which I, I, I will explain as we go. There are differences. The sketches are the same, but the wraparounds, the bit that sort of tie them all together, are different. So we're going with the European release, which is about two stoner boys and their little brother trying to save the world from impending nuclear destruction, basically is what happens. So we meet Calvin Cutler, who is filming something for, quote-unquote, View This Tube. Did you catch that? That's what it's called. Shut up. <laughs> it is. That's what it's called. Uh, he's holding a dart in his mouth. Then his friend JJ throws the dartboard at his face to score a bullseye. It's at this point I make the obligatory mention of the Bad Things resident darts player, Raymond Van Barneveld. Hey, love- welcome back, Raymond. <laughs> we love you, Raymond. Uh, I don't recognise either of these actors who are in this bit. Nathan, do you know who any of these people are? Nope. Move along, (laughs) sir. Move along. They're not important. Uh, They upload the video. They're two sort of absolute classic sort of stoner loser characters. There's a lot of weed littered around the bedroom. Uh, He's one of them. JJ's a bit overweight. Calvin is like very skinny with long hair. I don't know why I'm taking so long to explain these characters. None of this is important. The view count keeps going up, but it turns out they're being pranked by some kid who I assume is Calvin's brother, but this not expressly stated. Also, he calls the website YouTube when it clearly isn't YouTube. Uh, We get some uh, classic early tens language as Calvin calls Baxter a pussy and a spaz. Nice. Uh, They plot revenge. Uh, and the revenge is to steal Baxter's laptop and put it fill it full of viruses uh, by watching various dodgy pornography sites. Uh, to distract him, they say they're looking for a fake film that's been banned in every country in the world, quote-unquote, including Amsterdam. Oh, I mean, I guess they're stoners, so Amsterdam is the mecca of That's their, it, yeah. their world. The comedy's not too bad here at this point. It's not great. Oh, come on! <laughs> It's not that bad. It's, what are you getting from this? I'm not, I'm not saying I'm getting anything. I'm just saying it's not that terrible so far. <laughs> I mean, we're literally three minutes in. Uh, don't worry, the terrible stuff is so far to come. Baxter then somehow teleports into the older boy's room. He starts asking questions about this fake film. The boys are flustered, so they start making shit up about how this is an extremely rare movie with almost mystical properties. Apparently, the film can kill you. It made some guy, quote-unquote, run into a church and hump all the nuns. Uh, the famous placing of nuns in church pews yep. <laughs> on a you know twenty four hour basis. Yeah, they're always there. They're, when when they're not bowling, they're always there. Um, Aye, you know, the bowling another... nuns from Greece too. Oh. Yeah, the only, oh. yeah, happier times. Uh, it's one for the little listeners there. <laughs> uh, apparently, it can also make you pull your own dick off. Yay. If you can watch the film all the way to the end, you are rewarded with money and sex. Baxter looks to be about 13 years old. The fake film is apparently called Movie 43. Do you know where the name Movie 43 actually comes from in real life? Well, it it has no meaning. We should... I, I think probably in both the film and in real life it has no meaning. <laughs> well, I mean, after watching this film, nothing has any meaning. But I know what, you, I know what you're saying here. Yeah, Farrelly heard his son talking with friends about a film called Movie 43, but when Farrelly discovered the film did not exist, he stole uh, the name. (laughs) From his son. From his son. From his own son. Yep. Uh... (laughs) That says all you need to know, really, about the production process of this film. 
Uh, they type that into a fake Google site, which is called Zwoogle, uh, and a search for Movie 43 turns up zero results. In real life, this search turns up 1,780,000,000 results. <laughs> I love a good stat on bad things. <laughs> uh, we then get some generic movie hacking from Baxter as he goes into the mainframe. Uh, we find ourselves on a server of banned films, and we get into our first segment of the film. So for those who don't know... The film is structured with this main storyline of the boys trying to find movie 43 and they watch these various other films along the way. And this is where we get our celebrities because this film has Kate Winslet and Hugh Jackman going on a date in it. Uh, This is called, I believe this segment is called The Catch. It is. Is that right? Yes. Uh, Produced and directed by Peter Farrelly, written by Bill O'Malley, Rocky Russo and Jeremy Sosenko. Uh, so you know where to direct your hate mail to. Right, let's get into the first segment of Movie 43. This is The Catch. Yeah, I mean, you've got to Several be kidding. of them, I'm telling you. Don't knock shopping on TV until you've tried it. I think you're the first person I've ever met who actually buys stuff off television. No, come no, on. That's true. Well, where do you think I got this scarf? And you know what? I bet it's softer than yours. Uh, okay, okay, see, that's where I draw the line. Do not start putting down the scarf. Here, feel this. 100% pashmina. Well, at least that's what the guy in the street Come told on, me. Then. Wow, that is soft. Well, you know, I... Hey, Mr. H. Table's ready, sir. Great. Uh, thank you. Our table's ready. Thank you. Nathan, take us through the catch. So the catch, Kate Winslet appears, is my first note, Um, and she sees Hugh Jackman on the cover of Gotham magazine. Why is it, why is it Gotham? Because Batman comes up later as well. Are we meant to believe they're sort of in the same universe? I don't, what? No restaurant in Gotham is this well put together. The whole point of Gotham is that it's like some sort of dystopia. Yeah, exactly. What? Also, the idea of Wolverine being in in Gotham is a uh, very very strange as well. The like the only X Men film I've seen is that terrible Wolverine one. Oh, the uh, X Men or no X Men yes. Origins Wolverine? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there is also a film called The Wolverine, which is as bad if not worse. But oh, Hugh. Uh, Oh, Hugh. He's a good boy. So, yeah, it turns out she's going on a date with him. I don't know what the character names are, so they'll be Kate and Hugh. I have uh, written I have written them as their actor names for every single scene. <laughs> so um, don't worry. They start flirting about scarves in the restaurant. Um, Hugh takes his scarf off and reveals some testicles <gasps> on his throat. For and God's to be fair sake. to them, it is an amazing visual. I... <laughs> I thought this looked great. I have also put uh, kudos to the fake testicles. It looks so good. And this is actually one <laughs> one of the two scenes I enjoyed. Oh, really? Um, in this film, yeah. Oh, my God. They get chatting. Uh, Kate just can't cope with the fact that he, you know, has, has testicles on his throat, which I think would yep. be a fair enough reaction. Um, they progress to having a meal. Uh, oh. He gets some soup on his balls. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I was absolutely yep. cracking up here. I'm not going to oh, lie. Really? Oh, yeah. no. Oh, <laughs> no. Uh, um, Kate, Kate thinks she's getting somewhere because Hugh announces that he was made fun of as a child. Yep. Uh, there's a kind of uh, pregnant comic pause, and he says, because of his stutter that yep. he had as a child. 
Um, he also has a neck injury unrelated to his balls. Um, so yeah, the, uh, the scar is is carefully hidden behind the balls. Yeah, um, I don't uh... know whether the the neck injury and the balls are related. I don't know, uh, but <laughs> it's there. Uh, sorry, just to interject, one of my notes is Academy Award nominated Hugh Jackman pulls some pubes out of his mouth. Oh, God. which is. Uh, I just want to, if I get no notes in in this segment, I just want that one to get in. Um, oh, I hadn't even noted that down. I don't know yeah. how. He gets some pubes in his mouth, uh, and then one of them falls into his soup, and we see it in slow motion. Did you yeah. uh, did you see the credit scene where he pisses out of his mouth as well? <laughs> Does he? Oh, yeah. Hugh complains about being a little bit cold, and his balls shrivel. To be um, fair, that is that is that looked great. That did also look that great because it was really kind of good. nearly a normal neck for a little bit. Yeah. And then, yeah. <laughs> Those are some decent looking CGI balls. I will give them that. <laughs> also, you don't see balls that often on in, in films. So I guess credit where it's due. <laughs> Triple X rating for this movie, yeah. please. Yeah. Some of his friends turn up and oh he cradles... Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, he cradles their baby and his oh. balls rest on the top oh, of the baby's head. Oh, that poor baby. <laughs> That's a real baby. That baby's going to grow up one day think, oh, I want to watch this movie, 43. Oh, my God, that's me with Hugh Jackman's balls on my head. <laughs> I hadn't even considered it was a real human being. It's a real baby. That. that baby is now eight years old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the baby. Oh, the baby. Hugh who? Hugh, Hugh. <laughs> Little Hugh. one for long-term listeners there. <laughs> Um, she, uh, so they set up a photo opportunity with two oh, friends. There's a bit uh, where his balls go in some butter as well. Yeah. <laughs> God. Uh, um, oh. I've lost my notes. Where are you? Here we are. Um, the, the, the balls go in Kate Winslet's face. The balls yes, go in Yes, she, she gets kissed on the forehead, so oh. uh, the, the balls land in her mouth. Um, and I think that's, that's the last note I've got for this scene. <laughs> that's where it ends. It just ends. Then we cut back to real life, quote unquote real life, and Baxter's just like, "Well, I'm that's obviously not it." And we cut away, and that's the end of it. That's the last we see of Hugh and Kate. Bloody hell! <laughs> I uh, this this was the best one for me. No, so just a little indication <laughs> of how things are going to go. I mean, it's well acted. It, they're all well acted, I think, because um, they're good actors. But it, but when you, you know. The best chef in the world, when he's given a, a mouldy cannelloni bean and some some weed, you can't expect him to cook up a four course meal. Like I like that you went with the cannelloni bean there, and not just a piece of shit. <laughs> I I didn't want to be too lowbrow because there is this is going to be a lowbrow episode. Too so lowbrow. Try... There's about balls on his <laughs> bloody throat. The neck balls. Yeah. Um, the I, neck is balls that... from JML. <laughs> Is this whole thing a play on the ball in ball chin? What what is ball chin? You know when someone's got a chin that looks like a looks like bum or balls. Or oh, like I'm worried that of... might be me a little bit, <laughs> darling. You don't have you don't have a ball chin. Don't worry. Thank you. Hashtag Thanks. Nathan doesn't have a ball chin. Get it trending, everyone. Um, yeah, this was shit. I hated this. Uh, we're 13 minutes into this film at this point, and I'm already done with it. Is this your first break? <laughs> I took so many breaks. I had so I, many I, biscuits to get through this. That really I, is my vice. <laughs> I took a lot. I take a lot of breaks watching this anyway to pause and just take down notes. But this one especially, I, I had to just take a few moments to put my head in my hands and just just reevaluate my life decisions. 
Um, but thank you, Nathan, for expertly guiding us through that. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get your, we'll get you to do that again, I think, as you, you told the story so beautifully. Thank uh, you. Taylor's oldest time, Hugh Jackman's balls in my mouth, Beauty and the Beast. Right, Calvin has Baxter's laptop and sets about getting revenge by searching for various X-rated things. We will come back to that later. Meanwhile, Baxter and JJ watch our second film, which is called Homeschooled. Uh, starring Leave Schreiber and Naomi Watts as a couple who are homeschooling their son, Kevin. They've got some neighbours round, uh, and the neighbours start laughing because Kevin still has to do homework. Uh, however, the parents start laughing. Because, uh, the parents don't take kindly to this, rather, because uh, they believe that their son, Kevin, should have the full school experience despite being schooled at home so nathan what sort of things do these kind considerate parents put their son through to give him quote unquote the real school experience so yes they are happy to emotionally scar their own <laughs> child is yes is they the, are the, the the joke um so we get cutaways of embarrassment um including being labeled as having weird pubes um we get a moment where his dad uh makes him say i suck dicks repeatedly with poo on his body yes that's yeah. a sentence i just uttered <laughs> um and there is a main event jacob but i don't know if you want to add uh add any more embarrassments to this list there's a bit where um this mum is his teacher and he gets his name wrong despite him being the only person in the class uh, Leif Schreiber throws dodgeballs at him really hard. Uh, they knock his books out of his hands. Uh, they shut him out of a house party. I think some of this stuff is like there's there's some comedy to be had in some of this stuff, but as as is a lot of the uh, segments in this film, they take it way too far <laughs> because <laughs> the, uh, the 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 final, I guess, as you said, the main event is oh god. Kevin's mum, Kevin being the the kid being homeschooled, tries to make out with him for his quote unquote first kiss. Uh, I don't yes, want to see this. Not, I don't want to see. Watts is probably probably involved in one of the classic, uh, most classic same sex uh, sex scenes in cinema history in Mulholland Drive. So this. Uh, <laughs> Uh, this didn't really add, didn't really uh, add up to that, unfortunately. No. no, this will not be going in her in memoriam package uh, at the Oscars. Let's just <laughs> let's just put it like that. What, is she going to um, die tomorrow? You're well, maybe. Ahead. I mean, her career should have died after this, but um, and then we get a, a bit with his dad where he's like, "Oh, I'm not gay, but if I was gay, I'd be gay with you." To his own I... son. I would have actually found, you know, the dad should have gone for it as well. Why not? <laughs> I mean, in for a penny, in for a pound. At this point. <laughs> in for a penny, in for a pound. Oh, my God. Uh, Kevin then comes down and seems fairly normal at first until it's revealed that he is dating a mannequin with a picture of his mum's face stapled to it. And that's the end of that. I can't take much more of this. Uh, and we're only two segments in. <laughs> There was barely any comedy. What? It was just emotional abuse for five minutes. I mean, it's not as incoherent and pointless as some of the stuff coming up, but yeah, it it was close. This one, I feel like 
some of these sketches do have like a, a kernel of comedy in them. Like the idea of someone being homeschooled, but their parents like bully them and, and are like horrible to them. I think there's something in there. I think that could be quite funny, but we didn't need to see the whole, the kiss thing because that's just, well, I don't, is that me? Is that just my sense of humor? Like, I just don't find that funny. What, uh, you don't find incest funny? <laughs> Yeah, I, I was bloody snowflake over here. For God's sake, push the boundaries sometime. <laughs> um, yeah, the, I didn't really appreciate seeing a man uh, sellotape to a flagpole with shit on his stomach either. God, that um, was so rough. <laughs> yelling, oh. uh, if I had a superpower, it would be sucking dick, uh, which is a phrase that he, he utters. Julie, we've been together for over a year. 16 months and two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and in that time, I've come to realize that you mean everything to me. Doug, you too. And there's something I want to ask you. There's something I'd like to ask you. Oh, okay. Uh, you go first. No, you go first. No, you first. No, you first. <laughs> How about we say it at the same time? One, two... Will you poop on me? What? We don't have any time to rest, ladies and gentlemen, because we go straight into our third segment of the film, The Proposition. So, Chris Pratt and Anna Farris... Is it Farris or Ferris? Uh, I've said, I, I say Ferris. I get this guy Ferris. They're having a cliché romantic picnic when all of a sudden uh, she pops the question. No, not, not what you're thinking. She asks him... Uh, will you poop on me? Um, yeah. And it sort of starts uh, an existential crisis uh, <laughs> for Chris, really. He's at a barbecue with uh, some of his fellow jocks. Uh, is he a jock? I don't know. This is, um, um, this is pre-Guardians of the Galaxy Chris Pratt, so he has sort of got the bum fluff on his face at this point, in case you want to sort of picture Chris Pratt in this scenario. Uh, one of his friends is also is JB Smoove, who used to be on SNL, uh, and he says some horrible things. Uh, yep. Um, he says shitting is something you do with a whore. Pooping <laughs> is for your soulmate. So there's a distinction there. Pooping, which I think is the less aggressive word, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, it's for your soulmate. Shitting is something you do with a <laughs> prostitute. Remember that, kids. There's some very unsubtle visual gags as well, where Anna is wearing a, an apron that says, bless this dump. And uh, she's also icing a cake with brown icing. Oh. <laughs> This is the mise-en-scene you pick up that I don't, Jacob. <laughs> this is the film degree. What the fuck is this? Viagra, brother. Poop Viagra. <laughs> yeah. You just carry that on you? Yeah, I carry this shit around with me. At barbecues? You're goddamn right. I got a meat problem. How you fucking meat? I got to clean that shit Chris out. Chris has handed some poop Viagra. Um, oh, God. Uh, it, it might was it was it from JB? I can't remember who gave uh, it to Yeah, me. yeah. It's, it's called Turbo Lax. It's... Uh... <laughs> He advises him to eat a load of Mexican food as well to make Pocket a full shit. of turbo, Matt. Lax. <laughs> um. Oh, I feel like now is the best time to bring up I've got a bucket of shit again because this is literally <laughs> yeah. what is about to happen. So. 
I've got a bucket of Turbolax. Not animal Turbolax, real. <laughs> real uh, Turbolax. Yeah, so Chris eats endless burritos in prep for his sexy pooping evening with his wife. Oh. You know, he's got the old turtle's head going on, oh. so he wants to just... <laughs> he wants to just poop on his wife, but his oh. wife wants... After requesting this from him, she wants standard foreplay before <laughs> the pooping begins. Yeah, come on. She, uh, She's a special lady. She deserves special treatment before being shat all over, quite literally. <laughs> we see Chris's bum. That was fun. Yeah, it's decent. Actually, get, <laughs> actually gets his bum out. Uh, sadly, not, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy bum, but, you know, you take what we can get. Um, my laptop crashed during this segment, so I had to look at Chris Pratt's shit face for, <laughs> for a long time. Um, I put in my notes, what did I do in a past life? Um, I've uh, I've never been more grateful for lockdown Wi-Fi surging than that anecdote. Yeah, the whole thing just goes on way too long. The growling and the farting noises are just just <laughs> horrible. That is visceral, isn't it? Oh, that is... oh. oh my God. Like, I thought I was going to vom. She runs away because he accidentally says the word shitting, which we know, of mm. course, is associated with ladies of the night rather than your lover. <laughs> Uh, rather than pooping, um, he's run over by a car and poops. <laughs> Once again, it's a, it's quite a sentence. He's run over by a car and poops on the windshield. Oh, <laughs> oh it's so horrendous. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. Oh, oh dear. Um, oh. Apparently it's her dad's car. What? Uh, yeah, because I think what? her dad was turning mention? up to say hi. What? I, th- I think there's a brief mention of that. <laughs> um, maybe it was a Freudian fantasy that I had. I don't know. <laughs> I am not paying for that therapy. That is going to bankrupt me. Jesus. Oh, yeah. Um, oh. Oh. Um, um, she uh, is so shocked by what happened. She agrees to uh, marry him. Yeah. Um, Mainly because of the volume of uh, poop uh, he produces is so extraordinary. She can't help herself. Oh, I'm so sad. (laughs) The shit on the window visual was quite funny. Oh, no, it was horrid. (laughs) Oh. And then it's all over the road. Oh, my God. It's horrible. This was so juvenile and, and unnecessary and just surreal just just so surreal i couldn't believe this when i saw this like oh god we're not even half an hour in and this is what we're working with <laughs> oh dear um yeah chris pratt did a big poo on a car that's all i can say <laughs> that's it that's all i can say um, this is the first time I've written fuck this film. So, hey, fuck this film. Cougar crate, where the web's hottest cougars hang out. Cougar crate, perfect. Prepare yourself. Perfect. Because the cougars are on the prowl. Look at you. You are nice. I like that peace sign. Just warming up. What? Calvin? What's going on? He's gone on beautiful mind on us. He's off the fucking grid. Calvin is still watching porn on Baxter's laptop. Uh, he's very taken by a lady on cougarcrate.com. Uh, 
and begins to uh, to fantasise about her when JJ bursts in and warns that Baxter is taking things too far. We get this whole thing where, where Baxter's on this super secret search engine. Uh, he puts in movie 43 and we get on to our next set of films beginning with Veronica. Neil? Veronica? Neil? You look pale. You look pregnant. You look like you slept in a soup kitchen urinal. You look like you bathed in a dumpster behind the abortion clinic. You look like the kid who got cancer for Christmas. You look like the slutty one on the Golden Girls. Dorothy. Blanche. You we are in a supermarket uh, full of old people. A uh, tall lady helps some short man reach a cereal. So far, so good. Uh, someone who works in the supermarket looks a lot like Macaulay Culkin. It's not Macaulay Culkin, it's his brother. Kieran. Yes, Kieran Culkin. The person you get when Macaulay isn't available. Uh, Kieran Ouch. turns... To- <laughs> Kieran turns to see that Emma Stone has entered the supermarket. I'm very upset because I think Emma Stone is fantastic and she she shouldn't be in this. This is this just makes me quite upset <laughs> that Emma Stone is in this film. She is a go-to consistent actor and so consistent. Uh, uh she's she's in a scene where nothing really happens. Crux of it is they used to be in this obviously weird kinky relationship that they start exchanging a bunch of insults that then turn a bit sexy. Kieran Culkin has a finger it has his finger in her mouth at one point. At one point they just start saying chicken and egg back and forth at each other. Uh, some com- com- confused senior citizens <laughs> listening. Uh, Emma Stone is crying. I want to cry as well. Uh, we get. To, have you got any choice bits of dialogue here? Only uh, the fact that when the scene starts, he is uh, offering uh, the consumers in the shop some cream for a dry, itchy vag. <laughs> I can't remember what it was. It was called something like beef cream or something. Beasel cream. <laughs> Beasel. Uh, my, I think maybe my favourite bit of dialogue is uh, uh, Kieran says to Emma, "Do you still like creme brulee?" And Emma says back. <laughs> Do you still like fingers in your butthole? <laughs> a certain <laughs> creme brulee there. I used Indeed, to work yes. with. Uh, used to work with a chef who I hated. Who would call that the Marmite Motorway? <laughs> a great phrase. Kieran then says to Emma, "I want to give. I want to give you a hickey on your vagina." I think that's STD, <laughs> not. Uh... Yeah, I think that's assault. Um, there they make out. Emma stops kissing him, walks away, and on the way out says, "I'll see you at church." <laughs> Decent end line. Oh yeah, yeah. Like a, you know, and and very well delivered because, like I said, like the Everstone is ph- phenomenal. I, I'm I'm gushing here over Emma. I think she's great. The senior citizens have heard all this because it's been broadcast over the tannoy. One of the seniors uh, comes up and takes to the tannoy and starts rallying the other senior citizens to sort of cover the shift so Kieran can go after and get Veronica. He starts using crass language as well, saying that he's going to help Kieran take that sweet ass to Pound Town. <laughs> Uh, uh, they all agree to cover his shift Kieran runs away that's the end of that that is it that is if you want to ever see a scene that isn't really a scene then check out Veronica what the hell was that what 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 the hell was that (laughs) what a waste of time what what (laughs) like at least the others had some semblance of a story to them they had a beginning and an end. This just had like, I don't know what, it didn't even have a middle. Like, I don't know what it was. It somehow managed to skip all three parts of conventional storytelling. <laughs> this was just a conversation. 
a new frontier for film here. It really is. This is incredible. I mean, I I love, you know, we've said this before on the podcast. I love love, uh, visual media where not a lot happens, but this is (laughs) just another level. Yeah, yeah. Link later, this ain't. Uh, Mulholland Drive, this ain't. <laughs> but there's no time to catch a breath, folks, because we're straight into the fifth segment. This one's called, uh, this one's called I Babe. It's very short as well, this first part. Yes, uh, this is our first runner of the uh, film, because this will be coming up again. Uh, Nathan, what is an I Babe? An I Babe is uh, a naked woman who is also an iPod. Um... <laughs> <laughs> You said that so straight. That was great. Which, to be fair, could have, could have, well, I mean, she did have legs, but it could have had legs. Yeah. Um, God. If it, if it had been handled, uh, if if it was funny, really. Um, (laughs) A man presses play on the naked, I think the iPod is actually situated in her stomach. It is, um, yeah. And the yeah. scene ends. So it's just an introduction to I, Babe, which we'll be coming back to in a couple of scenes' time. Yes, it will. Uh, to be fair, a very good spoof of those uh, those iPod adverts. Yes, I will um, give it that. Where people, it's all white and people have got orange shirts on. And are dancing around. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. We'll come back to that, by the way. That is important, somehow. We will come back to it. Um it's six, I guess. Segment number six. Uh, this one's called Superhero Speed. Oh, so boring. <laughs> it's not as exciting as you might think. It's, it's, um, it, for me, I like to say it's more about just like helping people. You know, it's not about punishing criminals. Right, yeah, and, which... I totally understand. It's just it made me so Robin! Oh, no. Robin! Hey! Hey, where you been? Hi, how you doing? You missed your meeting with your parole officer. Parole officer? Mm-hmm. Nope. Yeah, yeah, this guy got in some trouble a while back for uh, whipping out his little dick Grayson on a playground. (laughs) But it's all good. I mean, your wife forgave you, right? What? You're married? (laughs) Married pervert. Do you want to take this one, Nathan? No, no. (laughs) Dodge that bullet, huh? Okay. I'll try and make sense of this. Um, We're back in Gotham. Why? Why are they not going to use YouTube or Google, but they're happy to run the risk of pissing off DC and Warner Brothers? That's a kick in the dick if you work for those companies. Like, we don't care. We just, fine, sue us. Jesus. It's a kick Um, in the throat, Bulls, isn't it? (laughs) God. Uh, We then get a badly dressed up version of Robin that just reminds me of that episode of Only Fools and Horses, which is something I'd much rather be watching. (laughs) I think the costume in Only Fools might be better. Than oh. this, uh, Robin, I think, is played by Justin Long, uh, who is was in some films. <laughs> he was in Dodgeball, is the only thing that I've seen him in. He's speed dating. He's talking to a woman. Batman shows up again, looking like his mum made him the costume for World Book Day. Uh, <laughs> he loudly announces that Robin has missed a parole meeting because he quote unquote whipped his little Dick Grayson out near a playground. We've got Pedo Robin, everyone. <laughs> Peter. Another Pedo dodgy Robin, Robin on the uh, Indeed, yes. Not saying that Robin Thicke is a pedophile. In, in recent Robin Thicke news, he, his new album is out. <gasps> oh, my yeah, God. Well, yeah. let's add that to the list. <laughs> Batman is played by Jason Sudeikis, who is a very established uh, American comedy actor, uh, who I don't think I've seen him in anything that I actually like. So... <laughs> 
Uh, but he was on he was on Saturday Night Live, so he can't be that bad. Batman says that he's here to save the day because he read that a supervillain is going to bomb the speed dating event. I'm rooting for the villain. Uh, not James Corden and Matt Horn, I've written here, because this is dangerously <laughs> close to their Superman-Spider-Man sketch. <laughs> oh, if only. At least it would have been inclusive. <laughs> that sketch was not inclusive, Nathan. <laughs> Lois Lane turns up to the speed dating event. Lois is played by Uma Thurman. Oh, that makes me sad too. Kill this film, Bill. (laughs) Indeed, yes. Lois doesn't recognise Robin, despite the fact that they've met a lot. Uh, Batman runs over. Lois recognises him immediately and says to Batman, do you know him in reference to Robin? I thought that was quite funny. I thought that was quite funny. Um... Batman calls Superman, despite the fact that he's been stalking Lois ever since they broke up, including an incident where he jizzed so hard onto her window it broke. <laughs> Good. Where was the cutaway? I don't want to see that. I've already seen Chris Pratt shit all over a windscreen. I'm not having Superman jizz well over one. Superman turns up, threatens Robin, flicks some cum in his face, and that's the end of that. Batman and Lois have hit it off. The bell rings. They swap partners. Uh, Robin wants one more date before they start looking for the bomb Uh, but Batman says yes but under the condition that he's going to help Robin via an earpiece while he hides under the table this is excruciating Supergirl turns up it's Kristen fucking Bell (laughs) she's too good for this as well Uh, yep Anna from Frozen then gets perved on by Batman who's hiding under the table uh, and starts talking about her vagina. He describes it as a cornfield. That's gross. <laughs> fields of wheat. <laughs> the fields of wheat. Uh, yeah, uh, Supergirl hears Batman being weird, walks away. The penguin is here now. Uh, Wonder Woman shows up. Uh, Batman and Wonder Woman used to date, apparently, and Batman's back condom broke, and Wonder Woman had to go to a planned parenthood clinic. The, the bomb is here now. It's strapped to Supergirl. Robin deals with the bomb easily. They then start making out. Uh, Batman starts giving a load of gross instructions. It turns out Bat- Supergirl is actually the Riddler. Uh, <laughs> Batman knew this all along because, and I quote, there's only one thing a bush that big is good for, hiding a wang. Uh, is that transphobic? Probably. And then that's the end of fucking that. That, That's how? how it ends. It ends there. That's where it ends. <laughs> it's so boring. What a waste of my time. It's so... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for getting through it so quick. Should we just... Is that it? That's done. Can we just say that's, that's that? done? That's the end of that. That had Uma Thurman, Jason Sudeikis and Kristen Bell in it. Money was spent. Decent money was spent on that. Somebody made those costumes. Hey, we got the cornfield line. What a waste of time. What a waste of time. Can I do the next uh, waste of time? Please. <laughs> yes, it's only about please. 30 seconds, to be fair. Please. This might be the best one because it was the least offensive. But yes, please. Right. This This is literally... What is this? About 90 what seconds the point? in length? What's the point what of any of this? <laughs> this is a... This is a sec... I just got <laughs> This is a segment called Machine Kids. (laughs) Remember this. Ugly, isn't it? But think how they feel. 
working without thanks to make your life better. Lonely, unloved, hurt. Physical, verbal, emotional abuse to get what we want done. Can't you see they're doing their best? They're not trying to take over your world. They're just trying to find a little place in your hearts. Remember, machines, they're full of kids. There are some child slaves in, event, in vending machines, <laughs> ATMs, and photocopiers. Um, uh, there's a, there's a, I, I guess what's a kind of charity advert, and the tagline yeah. is, machines, they're full of kids. They're full of kids. Uh, and that's it. <laughs> it goes about 30 seconds. It's in black and white. There's smeltsy music underneath. It implies that that small children live inside vending machines and give you your drink when when you give them money. Um, yeah, <laughs> and then it ends. To to be fair, being a child in a vending machine is probably better than ninety percent of a late capitalism jobs. So <laughs> bring it on. And and watching this film, so. Yeah, I'll take I, that. I would rather spend an hour in a dark vending machine <laughs> giving children... Giving children? Oh, my God. <laughs> giving, oh my God. giving customers of, 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 of HSBC uh, their, their money. Um, yeah. Post-COVID. Dude, click the button. Oh. oh, okay. Do not click the button. What the fuck are you? I am the Minitor. You are in my maze. Do you know where we can find Movie 43? Movie 43. Movie 43. Are you prepared to have your brains butchered into tiny pieces? Are you prepared to have a starving rat nibble out your eyeballs and have the holes fucked by angry, thick-dicked wolves? Well, after that shit show, a big red button flashes off on on the screen. We're back in the real world now. Uh, Baxter clicks it, and an Eastern European man flashes up, telling them that they shouldn't have pushed the button. Uh, he calls himself the Minotaur. They ask him about movie 43. Uh, he warns them away from it, despite the fact that Calvin and JJ made it all up. But they press it ahead It doesn't anyway. exist! <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it does, Nathan. Why is there a oh. drug lord storyline now? What? <laughs> don't know. I don't know who this man is. He's got a vague Eastern European accent. He calls himself the Minotaur. I thought that's kind of a cool name, but it's irrelevant because this film makes no sense. We get our next segment. We're back with iBabe and Richard Gere is here now. Oh dear, oh dear. Tyler DeSoto, 15, Port St. Lucie, Florida. He only lost a finger. I'm still not seeing what the problem is though. Brian? The iBabe has an advanced 3.2 gigahertz processor. We left an opening for a vent, and then we placed a highly efficient, super powerful microfan in the opening. And? The vent 
is in her um, lower quadrant. Vagiport. Vagina. Vagiport. The vent is in the vagina. A certain percentage of We are in the boardroom of the company that makes iBabe. There's a video of a teen who's had his finger cut off by the iBabe. Richard Gere is the CEO of the company and easily the highest value casualty of this film. Uh, there's a scientist who I think I've seen in other stuff. I can't remember his name, uh, but I'm just going to look him up now. I think he might be in Community or something like that. His name, I think it is Jimmy. No, that's not him. Uh, what's his name? I can't find him on the... Oh, here we go. Jack McBrayer. Uh, he was in 30 Rock. Just a generic American comedy actor. Um, which is a shame. Um, he talks about uh, this highly powerful fan that was <laughs> inserted into the iBabes quote-unquote Vagiport, uh, which has caused a number of younger customers to lose fe- fingers and penises as a result. Uh, Also, Kate Bosworth is here as well. She's an actor. Richard Gere doesn't seem to understand why people are having sex with his high-fidelity music player. (laughs) Uh, I quite like the naivety of his character. I think he plays it very well. Like He fully believes that people only see this as a music player, despite the fact that it looks like a naked woman. Uh, Shockingly, shockingly Richard Gere turned up and gave one of the best performances in this film. (laughs) Shockingly, good actor Richard Gere is a good actor. Um, Kate Bosworth then interferes and tries to persuade Richard Gere to put a warning sticker on the box but Richard counters with other mp3 players don't come with warnings not to have sex with them which is a fair point <laughs> oh that USB port <laughs> also the phrase mp3 players really took me back Yes, yeah. Richard then goes over to the research team to ask if their research threw anything up like this one of them shrugs revealing that he only has one hand I did laugh did he- at this did he fist it? <laughs> That's he an artificial fist- insemination level. Of- <laughs> he fisted the iPod sex doll. Nice. Uh, they can't come up uh, with, a, with a solution to stop kids from fucking the vent. Uh, Kate Bosworth points out that the iBabe weighs 100 pounds and is basically illegal to take outside. <laughs> But this gets pushed aside when the iBabe special edition is brought in. She's still naked, but this time has a screen and one of the classic iPod wheels in her midriff. I'm looking at my old iPod now with great fondness. Uh, She's also black, which prompts Richard Gere to remark, finally, we can offer our customers a choice of colours. This gets a round of applause from everyone in the boardroom, apart from Kate, who looks horrified, and so do I. We then cut to another fake advert, uh, but this time the iBabe has some barbed wire around its <laughs> vagina and a big sign just, <laughs> that just says no on it. Uh, we then end with the new iBabe slogan, don't fuck it. Uh, not a disaster, apart from the racism. <laughs> <laughs> that is how low the bar has been set. Not a disaster, apart from the racism. <laughs> Also, I think the the the, the iPod parody made me made me happy. Uh, I enjoyed the font. I enjoyed the Apple font. Uh, it's the nicest thing I can say. <laughs> Probably the highlight of the film for me was the font. Um, I'm exhausted by this point, Nathan. How are you getting on? Um, I, the iBabe perked me up briefly. I bet it um, did. Uh, oh, oh, for God's sake! <laughs> And then, and then the Minotaur reappeared, and I was like, "Yep, there we are. We're back." Oh yeah, 
crashing back to reality. Yeah. Uh, he's joined by some Asian gangsters. Why? <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> I don't know what the plot to the American version at this point is. If someone has seen it, because I'm not fucking watching this again. So if someone has seen the American version, please do write in and tell us what happens. But it can't be any weirder. Surely this is the weird timeline where the Asian gangsters turn up and threaten the Minotaur and, and tell tell the kids to find movie 43 for them. We watched the worst version of one of the worst films. <laughs> we did this for you people we put ourselves through this for you do you want to get to middle school date oh god yep um yeah yeah. we're in actual actual dodgy territory now uh poor chloe grace moretz is all i will say this is middle school date oh maggie spilled fruit punch from the wall too my mom is gonna be so pissed i really need to go a lot of birds are helping up Holy shit, you are covered in blood. Oh, oh my god. god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. You must have sat on a nail or something. Wait, she's having a period. Oh my god. What do I do? You don't know what to do? You never had your period before? No, I haven't. Oh my god. Before we do talk about this scene, can I just suggest that people watch the miseducation of Cameron Post as a tonic to. What we're about to discuss. Uh, just wanted to okay. give Chloe Grace Moretz a shout out there. But go far away, Jacob. Here we go. <laughs> Are you making me read this one as oh, well? Oh, bloody do it. All right. <laughs> well, I want to do truth or dare. So if you take happy birthday. Okay, I'll take happy birthday. Right. Uh, well, happy yeah. birthday is fucking dreadful. So um... <laughs> <laughs> middle school date. Um, two far too young school children are making out. Oh. Um, to the extent that the uh, the male child, the male child, um, has to take his weird braces out. Um, the character of uh, Chloe Grace Moretz then discovers she is menstruating and tries to hide it. Um, his this is bro- her first period, by the it's, way. Sorry, yes, this is his first period. That's a very um, important plot point. Yes, um, you know, let's make light of uh, of of that um, happening. Uh, fucking hell! Um, his brother discovers this, and uh, sorry, the, the 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 older brother walks in and discovers yep. this, and the younger brother, because he for some reason hasn't gone through any sort of sex education, just mm-hmm. thinks that Moretz is straight up dying. <laughs> um, then uh, their dad walks in, so this is a real sausage fest now. Uh, <laughs> their dad, played by Patrick Warburton, who is in, um, who's just in everything. He's Joe from Family Guy. Are you uh, Jonathan Warburton? <laughs> oh wow, that was a that's a good <laughs> reference to a, a bread advert. Yeah, oh, that was a great yeah. advert. Yeah. Um, his reaction is, oh, disgusting. Uh, then he <sighs> checks himself, the bloody snowflake. <laughs> and says, I mean, congratulations. Um, he tries to explain how periods work and saying the only way to stop one is to insert an erect phallus into oh the vagina. God. Do you want to know how old Chloe Grace Moretz is in real life at this point? Uh, 12, I want to She's say. 15. She was fit. Oh, okay. All right. So, oh, it's Still fine. too young. <laughs> <laughs> still far too young. Oh, far too God. young. Just... Um, the father of Moretz's character turns up and uh, exclaims, what kind of sick family squashes a large tomato on my daughter's pants? For God's um, sake. 
which is a surreal piece of humour. Their dads get into a shit fight. It's just a bit of push and pull. Um, Her own father then says her period is disgusting and tells her to not sit in the car. Yeah, um, we also we we end with a fake Tampax commercial as well, which uh, ends with a woman getting eaten by a shark because, because she's she menstruating. Because there's blood coming out of her. Jaws twelve. <laughs> Jaws twelve. Put a tampon in. Oh, yeah. Um, this is. I mean, I guess it was meant to be a commentary on how stupid men are. And how they don't handle women's issues. Which, well, why don't fair, you put another fucking woman in the scene then? Because they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> God, that's this really di- angry for me. This uh, was directed by Elizabeth Banks, this segment. Was it? Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. How weird is that? Why? It was written by a woman. <laughs> what happened? Yeah, it's terrible. It's really terrible and really gross. And not just for the period bits, but for the fact that she is very clearly underage. And, <laughs> and Patrick Warburton talks about inserting a phallus into her. Oh. Why is that allowed? Why is that allowed? Let's go back to the Minotaur. <laughs> yeah, back to the Minotaur. Gangsters are still trying to sort out the film, even though the, the, the boys have told them it's not real. They're trying to sort out a plot line that doesn't exist. I wish this film didn't exist. Baxter runs off to get something. Uh, JJ carries on the search. We're into our eighth segment. Happy birthday. One, two, three. Surprise! (laughs) I know, right, buddy? Happy birthday. You kidnapped an Irish midget. No, I caught you a leprechaun. Moron, there's no such thing as leprechauns. Dude, so we start with two roommates, Pete and Brian. Uh, they're arguing because Pete slept with Brian's girlfriend. I think a very fair argument to have. Uh, Pete is played by Johnny Knoxville of Jackass fame. Uh, and Brian is played by Sean Michael Scott, a.k.a. Stifler from American Pie. Oh, we're dealing with some Hollywood royalty. Pete reveals that he's got Brian a birthday present, a leprechaun. Uh, obviously, you know, Leprechaun's very famously Irish. The leprechaun is played by Gerard Butler, who is Scottish. <laughs> That's nice. Uh, they try and get the leprechaun to tell them where he's hidden his gold. The leprechaun threatens to fuck Pete with a pair of rusty scissors, so he beats it up. Nice. Brian ends up beating the leprechaun up as well. Uh, the phone rings. Another leprechaun is on the end of the line. We get some action movie one-liners back and forth. Uh, the doorbell rings, and a pot of gold has arrived at their house. That was easy. Or was it? Because another oh, leprechaun... Oh, you're nearly through the scene here, Jacob. This is great. <laughs> Another leprechaun jumps out of the gold and sh- he shoots Brian in the eye and Pete in both the nipples. <laughs> Accuracy. That is very, to be fair, not bad. Um, there's a very brief fight. The men kill the leprechauns very easily and then throw them in the bin in a plastic bag, uh, which reminds me... <laughs> this reminds me of the time that um, when I was with my first girlfriend, she told me that when one of her cats died, her dad threw it in the bin. <laughs> He put it in the oh, black bin. That is a story. <laughs> oh, so horrible. That poor cat. So the, um, the cat went into landfill. Yeah, the cat went oh in the my bin. Oh, God. 
Yeah, the cat went in the bin. What's what's more environmentally da- da- what's more environmentally damaging the uh, the effects of landfill or the effects of decomposition? What's more mentally damaging for the poor bin men? After like, oh, what's that? Ah! <laughs> oh my god! What would have happened in the oh? In the that's, that's better than any story in this film. <laughs> That I I can't believe you never told me that. That oh, is I never told amazing. See you <laughs> for the Wilson Awards 2021, Jacob. There's more to this scene, by the way. <laughs> um, uh, Pete. What? <laughs> um, Pete and Brian make peace before uh, Pete reveals the second part of his gift, uh, a storybook fairy. Uh, when Brian asks why he would want a fairy, she replies with, I suck cock for gold coins. <laughs> this is her only line. <laughs> the segment ends with a jaunty Irish ditty, fuck this film, with a pair of rusty scissors. Baxter's back. Uh, he's got a microwave. They start building some sort of weird computer thing. They then go into the generic internet code, and we end <laughs> up with Nathan's favourite, <laughs> film nine, <laughs> Truth or Dare. Dare. I'm going to go with a dare. <laughs> okay, here we go. Now we're cooking. Okay, I dare you mm-hmm. to go over there. See that man with the black jacket, the husky guy? I dare you to go and pinch his ass. Do what, mate? What is Stephen talking? Merchant and Halle Berry are in this segment together. Halle Berry uh, attempts to play truth or dare. Uh, we get a great line from Stephen Merchant. Circumcision hasn't really taken off where I'm from, which <laughs> did make me laugh because of the actual real-world disparity between, if, if there's any of you Americans listening, why? All of you doing? <laughs> What's going think, on there? I think we might get into we might get into a long discussion if we start talking about that now. Okay. Um, but Stephen Merchant also then says, uh, there's not many, I, I associate circumcision with Jewish people and there's not a lot of those left in Europe after, you know, the trouble. Yeah, that's not cool. No, that's not very uh, funny, is it? It's not uh, very funny. We, when are we doing a bad things extra bad on the <laughs> circumcision disparity across the Atlantic? We need to do the recession first, so we'll get that out of the way, and then we'll uh, we'll deal with that. Halle Berry dares him to pinch a guy's ass at the bar. He's punched by the guy whose ass he pinches, and everyone just moves on. Just, <laughs> he just sits back down. Uh, Stephen, I mean, they, they they play truth or dare tennis, basically, so it's going to escalate. Mm-hmm. Stephen dares her to blow out a blind kid's <laughs> candles for his birthday, which she goes and does. Stephen that was quite his... funny. I found that quite funny. <laughs> okay, I um, thought it was very mundane, but uh, I mean, okay. I, I mean, based on the the rest of this film, yes, I guess so. <laughs> um, there's also a great bit. I, I pointed this out uh, in my notes. Uh, if, if Stephen says that if Halley doesn't go and do it, he'll go home and watch his his Benny Hill DVDs, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was great. Is Stephen Merchant the secret star of this film? <laughs> I mean, he's so good. He's very funny. Stephen is dared to be a stripper. Halle Berry, in an amazing visual, I mean, a very misogynistic vi- uh, visual, I would say, is dared to make guacamole with her right breast, which she does. And actually, from a physical comedy point of view, is very funny. But you've got to question the societal context of why this <laughs> happened. A very clearly fake breast as well, I might add. Someone gets a penis face tattoo. I think it's Stephen first. It is Stephen, yes. Uh, we get spice up the vagina because obviously misogyny. <laughs> she injects um, hop sauce up her fanny. Yes, that happens. Uh, 
he has to listen to the entirety of Moby Dick, read by Snooky. Yes, Snooky. Oh, that's is in this who that film. was. She gets loads of plastic surgery, and so does he. Uh, so they both look ridiculous at the end of this. No, no, he, let's let's not gloss over this. He he gets done up to look Asian. Like I, I, Mickey, I didn't want to say it. I thought he did. Mickey Rooney in Breakfast at Tiffany's level of Asian, like offensive thirties Asian. He looks atrocious. Like <laughs> looks rough. It's 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 horrendous and so bad. He's got like the comedy Asian teeth in. What is he oh, doing? That's not Shanghai loud. surprise. <laughs> it's Shanghai surprise. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, the, the the day ends, Nathan. And, and what does Hallie say to to Stephen? I haven't got a line down, but she rejects him initially. She says, "I'm not that attracted to Asian men." Oh God, I really missed this, didn't I? <laughs> um. But she's joking. She opens her hotel door again, revealing her large plastic surgery breasts, so and big. they enter the travel lodge to bang. Yeah. She then she uh, she rips open her top, exposes her giant breasts, and says, "I don't want these puppies to go to waste." <laughs> I thought that segment was it had the best bits in it. I will say. Um, I think up before the plastic surgery, everything was quite funny, and then it just took it to a whole other level. It just pushed it too far for no reason. But Stephen Merchant's very funny. Halle Berry's obviously very good. I apologise to both of them. And yeah, back to Stonerville. Back Terrapin protocol initiated. I have failed. You have found movie forty-three. What the fuck you do? Movie forty-three. We are flying through the dark web at a speed of knots. Uh, Calvin, who I totally forgotten about, is still furiously masturbating in the bathroom over this cougar from cougarcrate.com. Uh, there's one massive final power surge from the weird microwave thing, and we have arrived. They have found movie 43. They actually did it. They found the thing that didn't exist, but lo and behold, here we are in the deepest, darkest corners of the dark web. We're here. Are you excited? Because I'm not. Uh, who is in movie 43, Nathan? Well, I'm just really confused now, because I know they find movie 43... Yeah. Do they then play it and it's him from the future? Yes, movie 43 is <laughs> Baxter from the future. Wait, where... it's a gag. <laughs> oh, wow, I didn't have... that genuinely was on purpose. I genuinely didn't think of that. But I'll take credit for it. He addresses them directly and says that when they found movie 43, they triggered what was known as the Terrapin Protocol, a Cold War initiative that brainwashes everyone in America to become fighting machines. And as a result of this, the world falls into disarray. So hang, so when they found... Right. So is movie 43 the message warning them what happens when they find <laughs> movie 43? Or is movie 43 something else? Because if so, but This is where I was sense. confused. Because you... <laughs> Hang on, you asked me a question that you didn't know the answer to as well. <laughs> of course. That's my whole function on this podcast. Just laying it on me. Yeah, exactly. Um, Just make it sound like it's your fault. I don't I don't know. Movie 43 doesn't exist in real life. <laughs> it doesn't exist in this film. It, after, after this podcast, it will no longer exist in my consciousness. <laughs> yeah, I don't really... I've, I've sort of given up trying to make com comparable sense of any of this, but that, like... What? 
and and then um it, we we then see this future dystopia where calvin is is a quote-unquote cripple in a wheelchair uh and baxter has implanted a woman with his seed gross calvin's mum then walks in who we haven't seen for this entire film she's there now yeah, uh, we find out that she is the cougar that Calvin has been masturbating to this whole time. Ah, <laughs> uh, the return of homeschooled. And... <laughs> uh, he then starts freaking out. Uh, that becomes very inconsequential. Meanwhile, a load of stock images of explosions happen. Uh, the world is obliterated. This happens within the space of about five minutes. <laughs> what? <laughs> This was the main bit? This is where you were going? <laughs> well, you'd, you'd be lucky to get five minutes if, you know, the bomb did drop. I was thinking about that today, like, how... <laughs> God, it'd be easy just to drop one, wouldn't it? <laughs> well, not for not for me personally, but yeah. I'm Why sure. are they a thing? How are they still a thing? <laughs> I like that you're trying to turn this into a serious discussion on nuclear weapons, but Sorry. I am about to fast forward into... More bollocks, unfortunately, because we are we are, we cut to several years in the future. Calvin is is wheeling himself around in a wheelchair through a wasteland. He finds a laptop and is given the option to reverse the terrapin protocol. He what is the terrapin of... protocol? <laughs> That's the thing that made all this happen. It's the MacGuffin, Nathan. It's just some words. It's is just it mentioned words. previously? It is mentioned previously. Yes. Oh, okay. It is mentioned previously. Um. He clicks a bunch of buttons that, uh, and it says, sorry, too bad, uh, can't fix the world. Uh, do you want to watch a movie instead? Jesus, must we? Uh, we come to the, the, the I think we're the cent, the 10th segment now, I think. I can't remember. It's called Victory's Glory and it's a spoof of, uh, of inspirational sports movies. In this country, the black man has been spit on, kicked, drugged through the mud. But I've got two things I can tell you. Number one, win or lose, I am so proud of y'all. Number two, <laughs> you're gonna win. It's just that plain and fucking simple. You're going to win. But then my boys from the Hickory Tech. What, what game are we playing? Basketball, coach. What color is this game? White. Exactly. They're white. You're black. This is basketball. I'm not speaking fucking Chinese. I mean, come on. Shall people. I take this, or do you want to? Do you want? Yes, please. You can okay. do the racist one. I'll, I'll well, they all are, but yeah, yeah this one especially. <laughs> like I said, it's a spoof of things like Remember the Titans and and various other sort of sports movies. It's about uh, a fifty a fifties all black basketball high, high school basketball team who get to the finals of the state championships or something i've stopped listening at this point uh starts off quite sincere terence howard is the basketball coach it, it starts off very sincere with this sort of inspirational music and then he says of course you're going to win because this is basketball and you're all black because black people are good at basketball there's a whole film about it it's called white men don't jump <laughs> um uh, he continues this train of thought by asking how how big one of his players' dicks is, and his response is, a foot and a half. <laughs> Which will be important shortly. <laughs> Terence then says, the other team's arms aren't even that big. 
uh, white team then turn up and start being racist. Uh, we get some back well, and forth. That's putting it lightly. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Hang don't on the don't say the words, but bloody no. hell. <laughs> We cut to the game. Uh, the black team decimate the white team. There's a bit where the guy with the big dick dribbles the ball with his penis. That's fun. Uh, the white team score one point from a three free throw. They celebrate like they've won. And that's the end of the entire film. Well, the technical foul was that... given because of the large penis. <laughs> uh, which I may have, you know, sniggered out a little bit. <laughs> yeah, the film ends on, on this sketch. And we get to the we we roll the credits. This is the weirdest ending to a film I've ever seen. Like what the what? Well, you what? think it's the end, but well, uh... it, it, it was the end for me. I stopped watching at this point because I you're gonna have to go back. Cause... Oh, God, <laughs> can you try and talk me through what what happens next? Because yes. yeah, there's some post credits stuff. Um, what happens next? <laughs> so, <laughs> you think like I thought the credits were so long because of the you know the the years this took to make the amount yeah. of actors involved, uh, but no, the credits are so long because we get an additional. I think it's midway through the credits, <laughs> um, a scene uh, called uh, Beasel. Where are you, boy? Come on, you little rat fucker. Beasel. Shit, I told my mother we'd have him there in an hour. I mean, she was nice enough to take him off our hands. Do you mind going outside and checking for him? Absolutely. I'm going to go upstairs. Beasel! Beasel is a animated cat. He gets in the way of Elizabeth Banks and Josh uh, Duhamel. Am I saying that du- correctly? Duhamel, I think. Is how Duhamel you say that. Uh, kissing. Uh, Beasel doesn't like Banks. He's he's jealous. Beasel uh, is wanking over photos <laughs> of Josh um, and beats up Elizabeth Banks before urinating on her. Oh, for God's sake! Um... Josh comes out and is initially a little bit disgusted. Uh, Beasel quickly drinks some thermometer mercury to make himself <laughs> throw up. What, why um, is that just lying around? <laughs> I, I saw this 14 days ago. I don't know where it came from. <laughs> when the couple are having sex, Beasel is in a, a cupboard, sodomizing himself with a hairbrush and dry humping a stuffed teddy bear. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he's nowhere to be found the next day. Uh, that's because he was in a car and he runs her over. Uh, well, <laughs> while they're out, while they're out looking for him and shoots her. Um, uh, but she survives. Uh, but oh my god, I can't even. I've lost words. <laughs> I completely understand. She survives, so repeatedly hits him all over the neighbourhood with a spade, uh, ending up at a kids' party. Oh, for um, sake. Stop bringing kids into these things. <laughs> the, the kids feel uh, sympathetic towards Beasel, so they attack and stab her in the Whoa! head. <laughs> As Beasel imagines being licked by Josh. Finn. <laughs> <laughs> Hence the now infamous bad things phrase fucking Beasel. Fucking Beasel. Jesus. 
Oh, that's horrible. I hate that. <laughs> Please watch it. <laughs> no, I don't want to. <laughs> I'm looking at I'm looking at pictures of Beazel. Um <laughs> I have many a time in the last 14 days. (laughs) Oh, my God. Can I just say as well, Elizabeth Banks, right, shout out to uh, her her appearance in the Brian Wilson biopic, Love and Mercy, (laughs) which is a fantastic film. Uh, I I feel like I need to level the playing field here because, (laughs) come on. I'm genuinely lost for words. That, That is so bizarre. I I I I don't know. I don't know what to say anymore. I don't know what to say anymore. I don't know what to say. I, I Let's do the reception. <laughs> so thankfully, Nathan, we were not off the mark when it came to our reception of this film because I'm, I'm going to assume you hated this as much as I did. I I'd still LVK is still the benchmark oh, for me. Really? But this is second. That is interesting. I think this is worse. Probably objectively, but just <laughs> Fletch, just go away. I mean, I guess there Beazle. Are, there yeah, are far worse characters in this than Fletch. Far worse. And I, I and some of which I haven't even seen, and I know they're worse. So Fletch. yeah, I, I gave I gave LVK half a star. I gave this film one star. Oh, I would not give this. I would not give this a full star. This is a half for me. It's not zero, obviously, but it is half. Like the lowest I'm willing to go. <laughs> Actively, it's made not zero because it exists. Because it exists, and and some and some people were good in it. But my God, it's such a mess. So so many half baked, just bad ideas just not funny sketches like if you're going to do a sketch comedy film which i think is ill-advised at the best of times because it's very hard to to sit there and watch what is essentially a, a long sketch comedy show for for an hour and 40 minutes there's a reason most sketch comedy shows are half an hour this is this isn't even good there's not even good sketches here they they are either <laughs> You know, at best, gross. At worst, offensive. But and, and I think the absolute icing on the cake is the fact that it's got so many famous people in it and so many good people in it, and they're just reduced to these, these laughable roles. An absolute waste. Like, the, what did you say the 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 budget was on this film? Six million. Yes. How did they get all these people for less than? For six million dollars, that's remarkable. Yeah, pulling favors, right? Remarkable. Like, I guess you've got to applaud it for that. But what a waste! I mean, you can't applaud the treatment of women throughout this film. <laughs> no, no, I absolutely right. I cannot. Or you can't just, just throw in a few dick jokes and be like, "Oh, we've leveled them," you know? No, <laughs> leveled no. it out. It is so classic. Like, th- th- yeah, like you said, the humor it comes from women being naked. Women getting their breasts out. Women having their periods, which is just not on. <laughs> Put that in the pot. <laughs> and, and 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 yeah, like, just... Some of the stories just didn't go anywhere. 
the the superhero speed dating thing went nowhere. The how boring thing was that? Went no- yeah. Somehow it managed to be offensive and boring. <laughs> how is that possible? How is that possible? <laughs> and then it just ends on a weird <laughs> parody of a sports movie. And when you think it's all over, fucking Beazle jumps out and shoves Jeez. a hairbrush up his ass. <laughs> Uh, what? <laughs> I just can't. I cannot believe this got made. I can't believe so many people in their right mind agreed to do this. How is this not career career suicide for so many people? Like, I think everyone pretty much rebounded from this, including the people that fucking made it, who then went on and won an Oscar. How is that fair? I just don't think it's in the mainstream consciousness because it wasn't really promoted. You know, no. it's only because we search these things out, we're aware of the Razzies. That um... I, I remember hearing about this when it came out, though. I remember right. hearing just how awful it was. And we'll get into some of the reviews because there are a lot of reviews on this. A lot of people did review this. That, but I, I, I didn't expect it to be this. I didn't expect it to be structured like this. I did not expect it to be this bad because... A lot of people call this one of the worst films ever made. And when you hear yeah. that, you just think, oh, yeah, it can't be that bad. Trust me, folks, it is. It is my... I think this is the worst film I've ever seen, personally. <laughs> and I, I know we're prone to hyperbole on this show, but... <laughs> the embellishments return! <laughs> I don't think I'm embellishing too much to say this is the worst film I've ever seen in my life. Like LVK, it's a bottom five for yeah. me. Um yeah, everything you've said, I can't really add anything. Um, I, I could add in some other voices here. I don't know if we're doing box office or critical reception first. Let's let's do um, let's do box office. Um, we'll say because some of the critical review. This is the sort of film that you must live for as a critic because you get the chance to to hit some absolute zingers, and there are some fucking great zingers. So let's do box office first. It was predicted to debut to less than ten million with the studio expecting eight or nine million dollars. It only took one point eight million dollars on its opening Friday, That's far bad. below expectations. The opening weekend totaled at four point eight million, uh, opening in seventh place overall, <laughs> despite the cast. Um, at the end of its run in the US, it had grossed eight point eight million domestically and twenty three. $0.5 million internationally for a worldwide gross of only $32 million. However, uh, this is why there's no God, because <laughs> Relativity stated that they'd already covered all the costs with international pre-sale deals and a deal with Netflix, so they did not give a shit. So uh, it was a huge success. <laughs> <laughs> Debut, a Hugh Jackman film, debut seven. <laughs> yes. Uh, however... The, it did not fare well with the critics, did it, Nathan? What are some of your choice cuts? Uh, actually, let's start with let's start with some of the numbers. We'll start with some of the numbers. I'm all about the numbers. Metacritic, which is normally worse than Rotten Tomatoes, is actually better in this instance. It has an weighted average score of 18 out of 100, based that's, on 23 reviews. That's some rough going. Love that. Big fan of that. It's about to get a whole lot worse. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, the film has a 4% positive rating oh. based on... Based on 89 critical <laughs> reviews, with an average rating of 2.74 out of 10. The uh, the consensus on Rotten Tomatoes is a star-studded turkey. Movie 43 is loaded with gleefully offensive and often scatological gags, but it's largely bereft of laughs. 
Can't really disagree with that. There are a lot of poo jokes. <laughs> poo on the windscreen. One of the reviews... Uh, I think from a New Zealand film website, a guy called Dominic Corrie just says, be afraid, be very afraid. (laughs) And he gave it zero. (laughs) Hey! Which is amazing. Uh, It rather boggles the mind how so many micromanaging handlers allowed their A-list talent to participate in a production that looks funded from a frat house's loose couch change collection. Very nice there. Too many cooks spoil the throat bollocks. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think it's a famous phrase. Yeah, I think uh, I think that was Confucius that said that. Uh, Clark Collis from Entertainment Weekly called it utterly disgusting throughout. Perry Sabert from TV Guide says, if you're interested in seeing Oscar winners, Tony winners, and a bunch of genuinely talented people act out the raunchiest, most inappropriate material you're likely to see this year, Movie 43 fits the bill. Elizabeth Weitzman from the New York Daily News says, as a film critic, I've seen nearly 4,000 movies over the last 15 years. Right now, I can't think of one worse than Movie 43. And that'll do it. <laughs> Honestly, I think if, you, if, you, if you're feeling particularly uh, shard of Freudery, then please do go to Rotten Tomatoes. and yeah, There's five pages worth of reviews. Feel free to read them. Please, please uh, you, will, you will get so much from this. Uh, and uh, if you really want a good, a good laugh, read some of the positive audience reviews as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is good cause breasts. <laughs> one of them just says, you need to watch this high. I'm up for that. Yeah. <laughs> My favourite one is um, is uh, a user called Ted W, who just says, this is legit the third worst movie I've ever seen. <laughs> Does he list the other two? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh one of them one of the reviews just says if you don't find something in this movie funny there is something wrong with you well we're in the clear we found some of it funny i will say the washington post somehow gave this three and a half stars out of four (laughs) i can't find the original review but a guy it's a guy called michael o'sullivan who reviewed it for the post and uh, if i ever meet him then I will be asking for the transcript and and um, maybe maybe ask if he's still taking his medication. Because I'll knock I his block understand. off. I'll knock his block off because I don't understand how you can give this that high. Even even ironically, I would struggle to give this a good review because it's so bad. Uh, at least it did introduce me to the eye babe who's currently <laughs> sitting on my bed. <laughs> Well, I think that's just about going to do it, you know, because I don't want to talk about this film ever again. This is absolutely a bad thing. My least favourite thing I think maybe we've ever reviewed on this show. And I am absolutely delighted that we got to talk about this. For all the shit I've given it, I am thrilled that we got to do this film. Uh, Nathan, any concluding thoughts on Movie 43 before we banish it to the bin forever? I think in time it could uh, supersede LVK as my least favourite thing we have done. My main gripe with LVK was the misogyny, and that's definitely present here. Beazel is present, and also two or three scenes where nothing happens. Yeah. Yeah. Goodbye. We we will be looking back at this for the Wilson Awards 2021. Uh, So, yeah, we will talk about this film again. Don't you worry, but not for a long time. So... We're going to give this about a year, I think, before we breach the subject of Movie 43 again. So thank you to everyone who sat through this absolutely Herculean effort of managing to make sense of this. 
Uh, we've somehow come up to a runtime that is equivalent of the actual film itself. I thought we were going to go on for way longer, but um, I think it's testament to how little time we wanted to spend on this. Now, this is normally the part of the show where we talk about the poll results, but this month is slightly different. You've heard us mention the Wilson Awards on this podcast which is Bad Things' first annual awards ceremony, we will be casting our eyes back on the first year of Bad Things and giving out such awards as Best Song, Worst Song, Wrongen of the Year, some secret awards, and the coveted Ultimate Bollocks Award for the worst thing we reviewed in 2020. That is the show you're going to get next month, so please do subscribe to Bad Things on Acast or Apple Podcasts to make sure you don't miss out on what should be a very very fun show. We'll be returning to our regular format in April with a brand new music review headed up by Nathan Packham, so make sure to vote in the poll when that drops and you can choose between albums from Victoria Beckham, Liam Payne, Soldier Boy and Phil Collins. So please head over to our Facebook Bad Things the podcast. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram as well at Bad Things Pod. Vote in the poll. Look at all our social media content and listen back to all our other episodes as well. They're available on Acast or Apple Podcasts. If you search for Bad Things the podcast, you will find us there. Thank you so much for sticking with us through this absolute slog of a movie. We hope we've made it ever so slightly better for you. But for now, it's goodbye from me and it's a goodbye from Nathan Packham. Goodbye. Jeez. I'm going to go lie down in a dark room and stay bad, everyone. Bye.